The Phoenix Suns jumped on the Utah Jazz, who seemed to be lacking any juice early and dominated the entire night in Phoenix. We're going to talk about why, but we've got two bright spots for you for the Utah Jazz in this one. We'll be talking about it from a freezing cold Phoenix, Arizona. What? We'll explain next. It's Postcast. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Postcast. I'm David Locke along with Ron Boone as the Utah Jazz get blown out by the Phoenix Suns tonight. 126-104 in a game that wasn't that close. And that's 22 Mm -hmm. points, so that's not a great sign. Jazz were not good tonight. There's no other way to say it. They really lacked any level of juice Um, in this one. They were down 10 at the end of the first quarter, allowing 37 points. The Suns then linked an 18-0 run between the second quarter and the third quarter. That ended the night. Eric Gordon had 21 in the first half. Kevin Durant was dominant throughout the whole ball game. Um, there's a bunch of storylines to kind of how this took place. I mean, one of them was simply that I thought was going to be, okay, the Suns with Durant are one thing, but then when Durant leaves the floor, Every single guy on this roster has put on this roster to play with Beal, Booker, or Durant. None of them are on the floor. This is when the Jazz have to make their inroads, and the Jazz couldn't then. And that, to me, honestly, that's kind of when this game got out of hand was the Jazz. When Durant sat for seven straight minutes, the Jazz only were plus two. So then by the time Durant came back in the game, it was only an eight-point It was still an eight-point lead. And then by the time Durant – it was up to 16 by the time the half was. And then Durant comes back in. They stretched it to 22-24, and they just crushed us. Well, in that second quarter, that's when Eric Gordon took over from that point when Dan, when um uh, Durant went out. I think Durant only had four points in that in that second quarter, and, and all of a sudden you see that Eric Gordon catches fire. He had a couple of three point shots, and I think you know what, 10, 11, 10 points in that second in that second quarter. So he did take over uh, in that second quarter and did not score at all in the second half. Uh, Utah Bliss does point out a good thing. This was a brutal sports day for a Jazz fan and a or Utah fan and a great sports day for an Arizona sports fan. Yes. I didn't I didn't think about that throughout the day. Um, Andrew Jones in the comments says the Suns out hustled the Jazz one hundred percent. And so this is you know you can take this however you want to take this, but we're watching the game tonight and it is abundantly clear the Suns are playing harder, they're running faster, everything else. And so the thought I had is just somebody who spectated the NBA for thirty plus years was to ask Ron. Like, I've had a bunch of players say to me, like, you can go through all of training camp, you get to game one of the NBA, and the next day you wake up and you're like, oh, dear God, what semi-truck hit me? I am so sore. You work through it, you play your next game. So the way the NBA worked is two teams played on the first night, everyone played on the second night, a few teams played on, on you know, kind of after that, and, like, it, or two teams played, everyone played, two teams played, and now everyone played. So tonight's the first night of back-to-backs. Every team that played a back-to-back against an unrested opponent lost or a rested opponent lost. Is there anything to, Ron, it's your third game in four nights when you're just not physically really ready to play yet is why the Jazz looked so like they were stuck in mud and lacking any juice tonight. Mentally, you should be ready to, you should be ready to play. Uh, but physically, you're, you're really not because all of a sudden now you got to push your body a little bit farther than you've pushed it here in the last week or two. You know, training camp is not like it used to be. To where there, I mean, you're like a boot camp, and you're you're running, you're jumping, and it's more about uh, getting in, in condition than it is uh, working on you know getting prep and stuff like that. So uh, you end up pushing your body a little bit farther than you usually push it. So that second day or third day after uh, you you've had that you're going into that back to back, your body is sore, and and 
you, you just don't have that, that energy to push forward. We're three games in the season. We have a small sample size, so there are some – we can get a little too excited about things. There are two – or we can get a little, like, overreactive to, to things, but I think it's worth talking about. There are two a few things that happened tonight that I thought were – they were eye-opening, right? Like, you, you begin to wonder what the head coach is seeing and what's going on. Um, there's one really good bright spot that continues, and then and one, I think, that's telling, and then we have to tell you a story why it's so freezing in Phoenix. Um, so, Keontae George's first half was – noticeably better than any other guard on the roster. Like Jordan had four turnovers and Will Hardy, Taylor picked up his fourth foul on a flagrant foul on Grayson Allen early in that third quarter. And Will Hardy went to Keontae George and just went to Keontae George. Like I think Keontae played about 14 straight minutes in the third quarter. It felt like that was a recognition by Will Hardy that he was seeing a lot of the same things that we're seeing that Keontae just offensively, at least, looks really comfortable out there. And they want to give him as many minutes as possible for him to, uh, to develop, especially in, in a ball game like this where the Jazz probably had no chance of winning, but he still could get a tremendous amount of experience uh, out there on the floor, especially playing against the caliber of players of, of the Phoenix Suns. I mean, what, what can you learn playing against a team you know, that's, that's built to win a championship and, and the players that you've watched for many, many years and, and uh, probably develop your, your, your style or your game against the behind, you know, some of the players that you watch. And, but you get to the point where you're, you're, you're learning more than, than, you know, what you can get in practice. And so that's the reason you're out there on the floor. The two numbers that jump out to me about Keontae are the seven rebounds and the six assists tonight. Yeah. That really catches the eye of a coach. When, when you see something like that, he played 27 minutes, 12 shots, which is normal, which is good for him. But you, you start looking at, at the the the, uh, the line with, with six assists and, and seven rebounds and, and things like that. And then you start looking at the film and how was he defensively? I mean, you start nitpicking at things that could all of a sudden this guy's in the rotation and getting rotation minutes. It's going to be really interesting to see. Like, we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on it. But the, the thing that was most interesting about training camp and the preseason is that of the five guards, none of them separated themselves at all. Like nobody went and said, oh, I'm better. Jordan, who was a better player when camp started, was a better player in preseason. But he he didn't make it like a, I mean, he's better. He's the best player of the group, right? Yeah. Um, but Chris Dunn didn't suddenly look different. And Taylor didn't look different. And Colin didn't look different. And Keontae was really not particularly good in preseason, if we're being totally honest about it. He looked like a kind of a rookie trying to figure it out. What's gonna? It's interesting to watch here now. Three games in the season is is anyone rising? And is frankly, is anyone dropping? Like our guys, separation can go both directions. And if that begins to happen, then that's when playing time starts to settle itself out a little bit. It'll be interesting to see. You start looking at late in the year. You start looking at maybe twenty games into the season. Where would Keontae be twenty games into the season? And and okay, now we want to develop this kid to. For, for next year and give him all the minutes he can uh, and the playing time he can, get him a chance to play against some of the best players in the NBA. You get that experience. You start to know habits of, of some of those players that just get to the point where it makes you a better player. Okay, two other positives tonight. Lowry Markin, another five for seven from three night. He only has 19 points, but he also only played 20 minutes. But, like, one of the things you were wondering was, can Lowry really replicate 40% three-point shooting? What? The way he, the shots that he's getting now seem look pretty close to what he was getting last year, and 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 he gets 
he can make those shots. So even though, you know, I was kind of worried at the, at the beginning of, of training camp, you know, with the type of shots that he was getting, he seemed to be rushing those shots. He doesn't seem to be rushing them now. And, and boy, he just, just a flat out great shooter. And then the final one, John Collins has linked three straight double doubles. And one of the real concerns on this team to start the year was whether or not they could defensive rebound at all. I know this isn't a great night to look at it because they were down by a lot, but they again only allowed seven defensive rebounds tonight. So the, the Suns missed, I think it was 40, 50 shots, and they only ended up with seven offensive rebounds. That's a 14% offensive rebounding rate. The Jazz defensive rebounding numbers have been terrific, and they're largely because of what John Collins has added to this roster. Ten defensive, or he ended up with five defensive rebounds, five offensive rebounds, another double-double. Now, he's he's assimilated much better than I anticipated. I think this is what you're going to get out of him. I mean, I don't think he's going to go for 30 or anything like that. But he's going to be just a steady player out there that you can leave out there on the floor and can make some things happen, can rebound for you. Offensive rebounds, I'm a little surprised at what we're getting there. But, you know, you, you have to welcome something like that. You mentioned a double-double, you know, five offensive rebounds and five defensive rebounds. Um, are you cold? Because your legs are yes, fidgeting. You're yeah, freezing. it is cold. You're freezing. <laughs> so cold. here's the story. <laughs> so they moved us to this brand-new broadcast site in Phoenix. And I remembered. And I didn't. And... So we're up a little bit in the crowd. That's fine. You can see. It's not ideal because if you listen to our broadcast tonight, there was like some woman back here screeching for 48 straight minutes despite the fact her team was up by 30. And the air conditioning vent is right there. Right, literally right above us. There it is. You can see it. That's the air conditioning vent. Right there. <laughs> right there all of that right there is the air conditioning vent and that comes right down on top of us and it's 90 degrees outside and it's flipping freezing in here and i am the going fans to, behind us are ready I, for it i, I mean they have courts and all this we kind come of stuff. back here this year i don't even think we're scheduled to come back here yet i think we might only i we don't play them three times in 20 days and, then, and we don't do come we, back i here. don't we might not because it might be one of the games they might put us if we don't make the if we both don't make the tournament. If I call another game here, I am bringing a puffy jacket and a park and a beanie and a, a beanie with a hoodie. Yes, I am going to bundle the people up next time we're here. It's freezing. I have that little like. See, you can see I have that little thing where you don't get very good circulation. My fingers are white. Well, I mean, we knew that anyway, right? Okay. <laughs> Ron, are your fingers white? No. No. They're perfectly manicured, though, I may add. Yes, they are. See ya. 